Hey everybody, it's Noah, Editor-in-Chief here at the Arc of E Network, back to introduce another Flashback Friday episode. And this week we're going to take you all the way back to an early Music Arc episode. Uh, this was one of the cooler early projects that Gavin and I did together. This was our Music School series, uh, based around the concept of debut albums being freshman albums and sophomore, uh, you know, second, so on. I was going to do the debut episode, but I look back through our Spotify numbers since we've had the feed up there for a bit, and some of you have gone back and checked that one out, which is amazing, but uh, some people didn't make it through the entire school, if you will, and that is kind of a, there's a running theme through that series, if, if you check it all out. So, given that it's our fourth year, uh, happy anniversary once again to us, uh, I'm going to do the senior albums, uh, the final thesis, if you will, from a lot of these bands, or that's how we presented it. Anyways, uh, it's a fun one. Uh, we've you've got some Zeppelin on there, Bowie, uh, Future Islands, Daft Punk, Bob Dylan. There, there's some good tunes uh, to be heard throughout. So uh, check that one out, and then hopefully that'll inspire you to, if you, if you haven't checked out any of those, scroll back to the very beginning of this feed. This used to be the music arc, so they're, they're up for right now. Eventually we'll retire those to our Patreon to make space, but for right now you can go listen to that whole early series. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to do a music arc episode here because we're trying to get back in, in the mode of actually providing some music-related content on that note. Uh, I just recorded an episode earlier today with Mr. Sunshine Mayfield where we discussed some of our favorite albums of 2020 so far and had kind of a listening party. So I'm actually going to get back to editing that uh, right now and try and have it up for you guys this weekend. One last thing I should note before we jump into this Flashback Friday, it does feature uh, a band by the name of Brand New, which some of you are probably familiar with and you may have complicated feelings about. I myself do as well. I will just point out this episode was recorded in September of 2017, so you'll hear some references, uh, but it is devoid of information that was later revealed, which may complicate how you feel about the band. I debated cutting that section out of the podcast. I figured it would be weirder to just have a, a missing slot on the top 10. So again, if you want to skip over that one, I totally understand. That is your prerogative, but it, I kept it in here. Uh, that's where we were when this one was recorded, just being honest with you guys. Uh, but without further ado, uh, I do hope that you enjoy our top 10 favorite senior albums list, or fourth albums, if you will. Uh, here we go. Arc on the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. This is it. Not the last episode, but the last of this particular run. We finally made it smooth. to senior year, if smooth you will. Smooth Michael Jackson reference, dude. This is it. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going with that. Uh, we know. Okay. Anyways. We know you're a Prince guy. It's okay. By this point, you have heard debuts, sophomores, and junior albums. And now, we're going to talk about our top ten favorite fourth albums. Um, I made this list in a tizzy about five minutes before recording. I thought about some of these, but I didn't know where everything was going to rank. Don't have a ton of honorable mentions, but we'll see if you do. I got one. Do you remember who started last time? Uh... I'm, I'm, we're going in full bore, man. Unless, rock, paper, there's, scissors, unless there's some music rock, paper, stuff scissors, you need scissors, to talk about beforehand. No, um, we're inside of a month for brand new almost. Okay. 
And that's about it. I do have a note for a future episode because uh, definitely let us know what you think maybe our next arc of like four episodes should be. We've oh, been yeah. kicking around some ideas like if we want to go a decade and then break it down within that. But we are definitely going to do a dedicated episode to Wonderful Wonderful, the new Killers album. Yes. Which comes out on the 22nd, if I'm not mistaken. So that's either after, I don't know when you're hearing this, actually. That'd because be the, because you're going to release. We're going to roll this out. We're going to, you're going to release scene, uh, juniors this Sunday, right? Correct. Okay. Then we got one more Sunday in the month. Right. So, so the album will be out by then. Yeah. So, the, like, the first one of October can be. The review for that. Yes. So It'll look you forward to, to that. Or if you don't give a shit about the killers, I guess, you know, you can skip that one. Yeah. But we're going to do a, a full breakdown because I'm really excited about it. And uh, yeah, that's really the only note for future episodes. Again, let us know if you have any ideas at thearcofe at gmail.com. Shout out us on Instagram at thearcofe network, on Twitter at thearcofe, on Facebook, thearcofe as well. We're all over the place, or you can comment on this post at thearcofe.com. Speaking of the social media, you reminded me I have one point we need to point out. It is September 20th, and it is, in fact, our Absolutely. grandfather's 95th birthday. Yes. New segment, Bud Corner. We had Dad Corner. We had Paw Paw Corner, or Paw's Corner. Why don't we and just it's call still it? Veterans Corner, Dude. I think, is what you came up with. No, yeah, but we should totally call it Swirling with Merlin. Like Swirling with Merlin, yes. Merlin, Merlin Bud Blanchard. Merlin Burdett grand, Blanchard. Excuse me. That's, yes. yeah. Let me not mess that up. As Dad always said, he told me, well, I said, what, 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 you know, people are going to start asking you about, you know, what, what, what do I call you? He's like, you go to school. Your teacher asks me what my name is. You tell me your dad's name is Bud, Bud Blanchard. And that was that. I didn't know probably till like maybe five years ago that his first name was indeed Merlin. And mm-hmm. then that his middle name was Burdett. <laughs> so that is dope. I don't know why more kids aren't named Merlin. Yeah. But uh, found his we census bring records it back. online. Whoever has the, the firstborn. We should just. Found his like 1940 census record online. He was 17. God like damn. got off the farm in Nebraska to go fight in the Navy, yeah. dude. Did we say 95 Five, years 90, old today? Years old. The day we're recording this. Yes. So a very happy birthday to Mr. Merlin Burdett Blanchard. Yeah, OG. I didn't get that Bud came from Burdett even. I thought it was just a nickname. Man. Yeah. But that makes sense. Crazy. Yeah. Learning so. new things every day. But yeah, he's still kicking around there. Again, that's Veterans Corner. He was a Navy man yes. himself. Uh, World War II. I would love to know what his music tastes are. That'd be pretty interesting. Not yeah. so much. I know this is a you know music centric podcast. I know he Not likes so, country and stuff. Yeah, like probably in the uh, Johnny Cash, like Waylon Jennings era, Definitely. Willie Nelson. I mean, those guys were like his. Like he was as old as they were. Like you got to think about. It. Like Very if those true. guys were all like still kicking, he would have been like mm-hmm. their contemporaries. Obviously, you know, Cash was what Korean War, and of course Elvis was. Elvis and Glenn Miller both were um, World War Two. Yeah, so that's pretty dope. Well, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know if any of our uh, our albums on our list will be anything that he would have listened to or has ever even heard of, but let's find out. You want to start? I don't know who started last episode. Yeah, I'll start. Okay. All right. Your number 10. My number 10 comes from 2002. It is titled, Lifted, or the Stories in the Soil, Keep Your Ear to the Ground, Bright Eyes. Miss this one. Definitely would be, I'll, I'll just basically make my honorable mentions list as we go. Do that. Then. That would definitely be up there. What do you what do you got on there track wise? I, I believe my favorite, if it is in fact from that album, Bowl of Oranges. Is yes. That on there? Yep. 
That would be my favorite from that record. Uh, I like Waste of Paint, but I think the one everyone's going to go to. Love Rock right, Have to Love. Of yes. Course. say it's complete because the, the the first two or three kind of lose me but once slow rabbit don't have to love comes in into um bowl of oranges it like fades in perfectly mm-hmm. the rain had started tapping or whatever like that and then waste of paint and all that's like um what was the one i can't remember what don't know when but day's gonna come i like that one too yeah they i mean i love bright eyes just in general but i really didn't like latch on to them until <clears throat> casadega yeah. other album that you had that i just randomly like grabbed one day and i was like oh i'm gonna check this out which and is then only I, because i had this and digital ash and a digital urn and i was like let me just <coughs> yeah. let me see what excuse me let me see what the new ones are we're burping and coughing over here it's yeah. great thanks for staying with us guys yeah um this has been sick corner sick corner, <laughs> sick corner bro yeah but, like uh, but yeah no i i i can't remember who turned me on bright eyes i don't know if it was just in the ether or like I heard it at a party somewhere or heard it with someone, but it definitely was just kind of like, this yeah. guy's different. I, I, It's not on this, but probably my favorite is his cover of Devil Town. I just love yeah. his his version, the way he sings Devil Town, just probably my favorite from Connor Oberst. But yeah. Pretty sweet. He's actually coming here really? uh, in October, I think, 21st, if I'm not mistaken, Performing Arts Center. What if he uh, comes a day he early? He won't play. Uh... What if he just opens up for brand new? That would be kind of cool. What if he sings with Brand New, dude? What if he just hangs in town? It's like, did oh. you? I'm oh, sorry. Side note: Have we even talked about this? No. Did you hear about Kevin Devine? No. Kevin Devine is now a member of Brand New. Get the for sh- this tour, so he'll be there when we see them. What? He's playing with Brand New for this last tour. That is awesome. So I'm wondering if we might get an opening acoustic set because the only opener they have listed. I don't know if you also saw this. Not a surf is going to open for them, dude. So did we not just luck out? Yeah, That's exactly. Awesome. So I'm I'm really hoping Kevin comes out, plays for a little bit, then not a surf, then brand new with Kevin Devine playing with them, and then a but jam yeah, sesh. go read his Facebook post. Like it'll it'll make you tear up a little bit. It's just like they've been you know so intertwined for years, and they essentially grew up together. And it's like it's their last you know ostensibly their last tour. Like this is going to be it. So I like that he's like going out there with him, but he's going to be in the band, like playing all this stuff. Like, yeah, I, I mean, cannot he's... wait, dude. I'm so, I mean, I was already ecstatic that we have tickets and we're actually going to get to see them, but throw that in there. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, and he's perfect in his own right. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's people out there like, oh, he's probably not, he's not as big as brand new. No, so. Kevin Devine but he has, is like amazing. could be honorable mentions on pretty much all of these lists so yes. far. Like, there's not one, like, standout for me. Yeah. But I, I love him just in general. There's always, like, five, six tracks off of every one that I'm just absolutely, like, blow me away. Um, Yeah. So. Dope. That was Bright Eyes as your number Bright 10. Bright Eyes is number 10. My number 10 from this year. Whoa. This is the newest album that's uh that's been on the list so far, to my knowledge. Yeah. And it's my number two favorite album of the year, second only to science fiction by brand new. 
It's Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if you've actually sat down with it. I've been trying to get him on a list. Overall, I do like Good Kid, Mad City better. I think that's his best album. But when we're looking at seniors, and this is like, I feel like, again, his name has been in the ether, and like he's been hugely popular for several years, but to all of a sudden drop this, which felt like a game changer for a lot of people, where they were just like, holy shit, every single track on this album is amazing. All of the videos from it so far, absolutely incredible. And this is, while I had heard some stuff prior to this, this is the first time I was like, this feels top to bottom like a fully cohesive album, like completely thought through just top to bottom it's fantastic but if i have to pick some i'm just going to shout out my favorite flat out but dna the opener fantastic well blood is technically the opener but dna is fantastic yeah uh loyalty humble all the big singles but my favorite song off the album and my favorite song of 2017 and i don't really see this changing is triple x Featuring you too. Johnny don't wanna go to school no more, no more. Johnny said books ain't cool no more. Johnny wanna be a rapper like his big cousin. Johnny caught a body yesterday out hustling. God bless America, you know we all love him. Yesterday I got a call like from my dog, like 101. Said they killed his only son because of insufficient funds. He was sobbing, he was mobbing, way belligerent and drunk. Talking out his head, philosophing on what the Lord had done. He said, kid, I can you pray for me? It been a fucked up day for me. I know that you anointed, show me how to overcome. He was looking for some closure, hoping I can bring him closer to the spiritual. My spirit do no better, but I told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you. This is how I feel. If somebody killed my son, then me somebody getting killed tell me what you do for love loyalty and passion up all the memories collected moments you can never touch if you had told me <laughs> that my favorite song wait are you talking you two to me yeah i'm talking you two to you if you had told me that my favorite song of 2017 was going to be by kendrick lamar featuring you two i just you know who to thunk it it's not a play Does Triple X have Rihanna on it? Yes. Okay, then, all right. Yeah, because I asked the girl at the gas station, I was like, what is this? And she was like, it's Kendrick Lamar with Rihanna, loyalty. And I was like, I thought that was him. Yeah. This is kind of neat. And I paid it's, for my water and I it's left. It's fantastic. <laughs> great story, man. Great yeah, it's story. great. Highlight of my night. <laughs> I know you've said, you know, you haven't really, like, delved that deep into him. I think this is a good place to start and okay. then kind of backtrack. But it's got a lot of different vibes on it. And, again, his... His delivery, his lyricism, just everything, top notch. There, He's there a fantastic pe- performer, he, artist. I, I definitely enjoy him on anything I've ever heard him on. I maybe they are his songs, and I just don't know it because I'm just it's on the radio. But like mm-hmm. most of the stuff he's like been featured on, um, he's on the Weekends last album a good bit. Uh, well, not with one or two songs, but I enjoy him. I like he brings a he brings a different level to a song to every song he's on. It's just like okay, that's him. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with the weekend. I love anything that he does, anything he guests on, anything he does. So I will definitely check, uh, damn, out as soon as I get yeah. a chance. Immediately, yeah. get on it. Uh, your number nine, sir. My number nine might make you laugh a little bit, but you just gotta remember it's, it's my list. Okay. Yep. 
I will remind you, this is the gentleman who put Vanilla Ice on a top 10 list. I just ragged on you about this with what I just recorded with Matt. Oh, that's great. So look forward to hearing that. Oh, great. You're never going to live it down, man. I'm not. But you can give me shit about not putting the dead zone on my list. I heard you talking about dead zone while I was sitting out there waiting. I felt like I was waiting for a weird job interview. Like you were already talking to one interview, (laughs) one candidate, and I was like, God, I hope he likes me. You're (laughs) in the green room, man. Yeah, definitely. You're in Studio B. Pretty much. 1999, a little album called Enrique from Enrique Iglesias. I'm not going to laugh at you, dude. Come on. It's it's his first English album, but it's his fourth studio album. I hesitate to even say guilty pleasure like we have to justify it. I fucking love that album, dude. Rhythm Divine, his cover of Sad Eyes. Yeah, um, Springsteen cover. Bailamos. What else is on that one? Uh... You, you picked it. Be With You. And that's the other one. <laughs> is Be With You on there or is that on the... No, it's on that one. This is his fourth album? Yeah, it's, it's his first one in English, but it's his fourth one total. So that's why I can't okay. put it on the list. I have a few of those that like you got. I got to argue they're fourth. But technically yeah. it is his fourth. If Be With You is on there, that that's my shit. Yeah, dude. That's totally. what I'm playing right now. Yeah, <laughs> If that's it. on there. Monday night, I feel so low. Or you can just sing it. Jesus Christ. go so slow. Stylings of Enrique Blanchard. How is it that like I love Springsteen covers more than I love the originals? I don't know what's wrong. I mean, the again, I always make the case for Atlantic City by the band. Like that's the definitive version of that song. But in most cases, I, I like the originals when well, it comes to Springsteen. There was an episode of Nip Tuck where they used um, "I'm on Fire," but it was the the Ting Tings, I think, saying or maybe it wasn't Nip Tuck. I don't remember what what TV show it was, but they used a different. They used a cover of um, "I'm on Fire," mm-hmm. and I just the pacing of it with the girls singing was like, whoa. And I mean, I like the original of that too, but I just I don't know, like his version of "Sad Eyes." I, I can. I, that's it's pretty dope. It's my shit, man. I love nice, it. nice pull, man. Yeah, no, it didn't occur to me, but I, I'm not gonna laugh at you on that one. Okay, I'm good. really not. Uh, people on the other end of this are probably laughing pretty hard or, uh, or, or tuning like, out yeah. in droves, as we like to say. Or, yeah, or they're like, you know what? <laughs> me too. Yeah. So. And we just earned like a fan for life because they're like, hey, you speak to me. Definitely. My number nine. Uh, this would have been a perfect segue if we were going in alternate order or something like that. But it is brand new. 2009's Daisy. Daisy. Yeah. Um, I put this here because I do love this record. Uh, start to finish, but the way that it fits in 
with their discography coming off of Devil and God Raging Inside Me, which again, to reiterate, my favorite junior album of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also my favorite album of all time, flat out. So had a lot to live up to. And I remember when you like throw this on and you get this old, I think it's, is it Edith Piaf singing? I think so. And it bleeds into Vices, which is one of the heaviest, most assaulting tracks they've ever done. I remember being like, okay, what are we in for? Like, this feels like it took all of the the darker, heavy instincts of Devil and God and, like, went completely in that direction. Yeah. And it definitely, like, it is a dark, dark album. But I absolutely love it. I mean, I think you got some standout, just production elements and everything are on fire. All of the, you know, musicality is amazing, as usual, as expected. But just a few favorites. Sink, Bought a Bride. I think there's, like, Kill It. Gasoline's amazing. I mean, I could go on and on. You Stole, kind of the centerpiece track, is amazing. Be Gone, the weird, like, you know, sounds kind of like it should have been in True Detective Season 1. Like, distorted vocal. Mm -hmm. Um, That is dope. So great. But my favorite track is the title track. Daisy. And we sing this morning that wonderful and grand old message. I don't know about you, but I never get tired of it. Number 99, Just As I Am. I'm a mountain that has been moved. I'm a river that is all dry. I'm an ocean nothing floats on. I'm a sky that nothing wants to fly in I'm a sun that doesn't burn high I'm a moon that never shows its face I'm a mouth that doesn't smile I'm a word that no one wants to say Which of course is echoed on uh, science fiction, which we talked about on a full episode, our very first episode of the podcast you're listening to right now. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I love Brand New. They were second favorite band of all time. Had to get them on the list once again because I only had one so far. So they're they're one of those bands. They deserve two slots. Definitely. I mean, they could deserve the whole list as far as I'm concerned. Like if we went yeah. on to like freshman in college and like doctorate, <laughs> post-bachelor, right. whatever you want to, bachelor, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But that's my number nine. Uh, Daisy by Brand New. So your number eight, sir. My number eight comes from 2006. A little album called King by Tip T.I. Harris. Okay. Or T.I. as most people probably know him. Um, you were probably going to know why you want to uh, top back. My f- it's, a, it's slowly edged. It's, it's edged out by the one everyone knows, but my second favorite is Stand Up Guy. But um, okay. what you know, what, what you know. I mean, that is like the cl- that's classic Ti. Like, I know people talk about, like, 
bring them out and like stuff them. I'm serious and all that. But like to me, this is where I found Ti. I was gonna say, I feel like this happens with so many. Um, I just I always flash to Outcast winning the Grammy for Stankonia. Yeah, and Andre three thousand like pointing out, um, this is not our first album. <laughs> like yeah. you know, we've been here a long time. But all of a sudden, it's like everybody just discovers you off of one album. I feel like for some reason that seems to happen in the rap world more than anything else. Maybe not as much these days, like just because just the way social media and stuff travels. But well, it's, it's like music, I feel like it takes a little music's while for out stuff now. to catch on. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I remember there's a one so you were talking about Kendrick Lamar, and I remember I think it might have been Preach Jacobs. He's a um he was a he's a an artist himself out of Columbia he had sounds familiar record label. And then he had the sounds familiar store a while back, mm-hmm. but he, he came in during, we were doing a um, history of sound and like a sound class and film, film media studies in college. And he came in and just kind of talked about like the history of stuff and like how he, you know, record labels will pay money to radio stations to get heavy airplay with stuff. And he mentioned how like, you know, uh, People will trade music now. It used to be a big thing back then, but now it's just people just put stuff out there. And but a couple, maybe like I don't know, right as Kendrick Lamar's last one was coming out, right before he posted a tweet of how like um, Chance the Rapper was like, you know, oh, gonna go listen to Kendrick's new album, you know, whatever. Hope he like, you know, hope he likes what I do, or whatever. When he was Chance the Rapper, just kind of come out, and it was like showing you like back then it was like Chance wasn't really a big deal. And he was kind of showing love to Kendrick Lamar. Next thing mm-hmm. you know, like they're both kind of blowing up at the same time with the same kind of right. feeling vibe. But I mean, and that's probably another reason why I haven't really gotten into to Kendrick Lamar because I really dig Chance the Rapper. But yeah, you know, which you've mentioned before. And again, it's it's not an either or. You can I know you can I can like both, to but like stuff. I get so wrapped up in like like when I like something, I get so wrapped up in that mm. th- that I don't like. And then of course I get wrapped up in it. I'm like, well, don't pigeonhole me, dude. I can like anything, but I'm like. Well, you're right. kind. Of, I, I know. I'm like I'm into this one thing a lot, so I, mean, I can totally get if somebody pigeonholes me for one yeah. thing and not like. I've talked others. to you a lot about it off mic and a little bit on mic, but the four like core albums or four core artists for the first part of this year for me, I was listening to nothing but Run the Jewels, Tribe Called Quest, Frank Ocean, and Kendrick Lamar, and that was just like all of it, and they were all kind of like a slightly different perspective, but all kind of like unified by, they do have some element of like social commentary or quote unquote realness to them. Like they're not, I've never been a fan of the quote unquote bitches and hoes type of rap. It's just not like, or just party rap in general. Like there's gotta be like another element to it to kind of draw me in. Oh yeah. And with all of those artists that I mentioned, there's just such a unique perspective and originality and, I just, yeah, those like killed it for me for the first part of the year. Well, that's, that's what that's drew me. Like when obviously I think ATL had come out or was a, a coming out around then, but like this album, yeah, there is that element on a few of them, but the swagger and then the bravado in which T.I. delivers everything on this mm-hmm. album, because he did the whole T.I. versus T.I.P. Like they're two different people right. on the next one, like a kind of neat uh, split personality concept. But just the delivery on everything with this, it was kind of like, yeah, I do have this background. I have been to jail for for dealing drugs and doing this. But like, this is me. This is how I come to things. This is my swagger. I noticed I said swagger and not swag because I don't like when people say swag. Um, but like, that's 
I don't know, something about that. I just, I maybe it's because I found this right as I was like getting out of high school, going into college, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what kind of college guy I was going to be because I wasn't funny. Still not funny, but like I definitely <laughs> became more funny in college. Point so, me, brother. You know. Anyway, but yeah, number eight, T.I. King from 2006. All righty. You're number my eight. number eight, uh, another two-timer appeared on my last list. It's Radiohead with oh. Kid A. And I will shout out one of my favorite opening tracks to any album. Everything in its right place opens the album. How to Disappear Entirely is fantastic. The National Anthem, Idiotech. I mean, I could go on. This is one of those, I mean, I had OK Computer on my list, and it's kind of this constant debate of, like, which is the better album. And I don't think you have to decide necessarily. You, we can just all agree that they are one of those bands that are capable of multiple masterpieces, and I would argue that they've delivered about four at this point. So... It's it's notorious. If you were looking up any list of greatest fourth albums, oh, yeah, it's gonna be in the top ten. I know it's a little bit cliched, but it's up there for a reason. It's a fantastic record. Again, I came to them through In Rainbows, and it was like, yeah, I've always heard of Radiohead, and I knew like a few songs, but until you go back and like sit with them and listen to them in their entirety, and preferably either on the road at like a really high volume with good speakers. Or just like chilling by yourself with headphones, but they're some of the most like well produced. Just everything about these albums. Go fucking listen to Radiohead. As if I need to tell people that. But <laughs> yeah, Kid A. That's my number eight. Your number seven. Well, what if I were to tell you? If I were just to say, let the midnight special. Shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine an ever-loving light on me. Yonder come Miss Rosie. We don't have to do the whole thing. <laughs> Piece but, uh, of paper in a hand. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude, so CCR, Willie and the Poor, this Willie and the Poor Boys, 1969. Definitely. Credence. Definitely on my honorable revival. mentions. Remind me what is on this thing, because Midnight Special, top top three for Credence.
brought you to the table. You see the same old thing. Ain't no food upon a table. There's no fog up in the pan. But you better not complain, boy. You get in trouble with the man. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Um, down on the corner, fortunate son. Jesus Christ, how did I miss this one? This sh- I really should have looked at the track list. Yeah. Because, damn, this needs to be on my list. Yeah. Okay, but can't change it as we've as we've learned repeatedly. Vanilla Ice. <clears throat> <clears throat> what was it? <laughs> yeah. No. This is. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it the quintessential clear credence, but like, if it you sounds just like to, it is. It is. I mean, like, fortunate son obviously has become a huge. It's everywhere still. Um. But yeah, William the Poor Boys, 1969, which of course every other one was in Bayou Country. The, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival was, came out in 68, but the rest of like all of the, all of them were, you know, 69. Um, and I mean, the first one really didn't have that many on it. Uh, I Put a Spell on You and Susie Q and uh, Bayou Country. I don't even remember. I don't even remember that one at all. And then uh, Green River's got... Uh, Bad Moon Rising, Lodi, and that's about Dude. it. So, like, yeah, yeah William the Poor Boys is definitely, you know, that's it. And of course, I, yeah, I messed up. If you don't, and if <laughs> you don't know the story, bad. essentially, Fogarty, you know, has been writing all these songs. He has been killing it. He's the songwriter, the master, the man. And finally, for the last album, the boys are like, hey, we want to take over some songwriting duties too. And he's like, um, no and they were like we want to and he said fine go ahead and it was the worst album that they ever put out like it they were done uh-huh. after that and famously after he basically said all right i'm done i'm leaving fantasy records he basically turned over the rights to everything so you know i don't know how many years later let's just say a couple he starts performing solo mm-hmm. and what does fantasy do um no sir you can't play those songs we're gonna sue you for copyright right and so like, basically, but I'm he, John Fogarty. Yeah. Well, you know what, John Fogarty, you sound too much like Creedence Clearwater Revival. We're going to yep. take you to court. Uh, P.S. Nobody else sounds like me. Yeah, exactly. Literally nobody yeah. else on but the But he got accused of plagiarizing like and sounding too much like Creedence when he had actually written and performed vocals on pretty much every Creedence song. Yeah. But they are probably more than Tom Petty. They are what you think of as quintessential like quintessential American, American band. Yeah, and sure. let's just be clear. These guys are from California. They may make you feel like they're from the backwoods of Mississippi or Alabama or something, but no, they're all from California. So yeah. don't don't get it twisted. I'm gonna talk about somebody now for my number seven. Okay. Who's definitely not from California. Okay. May not have even been from this planet. Mr. David Bowie. Good call. Is this on your list? No, but I've I saw it on a few <laughs> a few lists. Do the rest of the cast in that voice. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Hunky Dory from 1971. I could put tons of Bowie albums on here, but we're not going to get to a lot of the ones that I would want to put on here. We wouldn't but even make it to Ziggy Stardust. It Star does list. have um, three of my favorites. You've got Changes, which yes. everybody knows, of course. But 
my two other favorites off of it. Life on Mars, fantastic song. I think recently repopularized by American Horror Story a little bit. A little bit, yeah. For like another generation, but go listen to the original. And last but not least, Queen Bitch. One of my <laughs> all-time favorite Bowie songs, and it's just, it's fantastic. Go listen to all of Bowie's stuff. Berlin, Ziggy Stardust, yeah. Go listen City. to Black Star. That that album's fantastic. Go listen to all his stuff, then go watch Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, which or... is basic. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I was gonna say go watch the Man Who Fell to Earth. That like, too, go watch yeah. him act in something, or go watch. Labyrinth go watch that one scene it. from Zoolander. Go watch uh, all of his scenes as Tesla from The Prestige. Go watch uh, him as Special Agent Jeffries from Twin Peaks. Philip Jeffries. Philip Jeffries. <laughs> Love it. Philip Jeffries, who may not, not even ex- really, really exist, exist anymore. anymore. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love David Lynch yeah. so much. I cannot wait. We got to talk about it, man. We got to get it started. comes out on Blu-ray in December. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to do like a extended rewatch. Or we just start the TV arc in de- December, dude. Yeah. Been talking about it all year. Might as well start at the very last month. Yeah. <laughs> When there's like, I guess shows will be in the middle of airing, but like nothing new starts in December. Everything's always airing and then it goes on hiatus like during the Christmas break. So for whatever all that out off mic back to the list. Uh, Yeah. Number seven, Hunky Dory for me. 1971. David Bowie. Go listen to it. Your number six, sir. Uh, My number six is a bit of a pickle. You don't really know. I don't really know where you want to chart it. If I was going to go ahead and say when it was recorded, technically, it was recorded in 1978. If I want to go when it was released, I'm going to go ahead and say it was released in 1996. It is Static Age by The Misfits. Okay. Okay. So, The Misfits released, they basically, the story goes that Danzig had the rights to a certain name or something. And mm-hmm. in order to get out of the, to get, you know, for this company to get it, they offered him studio time. So, he goes in with the original lineup of The Misfits in 78. They record a ton of stuff. All right, but that stuff never really got. They never got to put out a full album for Static Age. Instead, they released them on EPs, different demos. It was really bare bones. Mm-hmm. So after he leaves the band, and he technically still has the rights to all these songs. He goes ahead and like masters the guitar and like kind of brings it up. And then of course, um, it's the one you know that I have the big coffin box of all of their stuff. Yeah. Um, it gets released in 1996 uh, for the first time fully as Static Age. And I'm just going to read you some of the tracks on it real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, TV Casualty, Last Caress, 
Return of the Fly, Hybrid Moments, We Are 138, Teenagers from Mars, Hollywood Babylon, Attitude, She, and um, what's another good one? Some Kind of Hate. And of course, Static Age like, starts it off. Hybrid Moments and Attitude. Those would be my, my neck and neck for favorite Misfits songs. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like, it's really Where Eagles Dare, Hybrid Moments. It's not last caress. Oh. What is it? Um, Astro Zombies. Oh shit! Yeah, those Astro are my zombies. Yeah. Is really good. But you know, and if you get the collection box like that, you can like I I, I put them all on my my computer. So like, There's I have so many different cuts. That's the stuff. thing. Yeah. Like you would have heard a lot of these in the seventies. They weren't as polished. So like, technically in the nineties, Danzig's not the lead singer. It's um, Graves or Greaves, whatever his name is. And so it's kind of like, you know, you have him singing some of the songs that you wouldn't like American Psycho, nothing to do with Danzig. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these classic ones from the 70s when they get re-released in 96 kind of spurs like a new kind of interest in them and stuff. And I don't know, they're they're one of like, I don't know if you're into punk, if you're into any kind of rock, you know, the Misfits. If you really aren't into that kind of scene, they kind of seem maybe like a gimmicky thing to you, like a horror rock, horror pop kind of thing. Kind of maybe almost on the verge of like psychobilly or like rockabilly horror or whatever, but I love them. I just the aesthetics awesome. No, I'd love to see him live. Yeah, I you know yeah I'd love to see Danzig live. Not really Which, like the Misfits as they exist now. Well, but. like apparently he was on tour with them recently. They all reunited like oh, okay. last year or two because they talked to Jerry only about it. I've seen him recently. Maybe was, it wasn't Jerry only. I don't know. He's popped up on Portlandia a couple of times recently, and so yeah, Danzig's been back on the brain. Yeah. Great solo work. Mother. Yeah, man. Love that song. Very nice pull. Yeah. Uh, also one that would be on my honorable mentions list. Uh, my number six. We, you know, this is this is going to sound familiar considering some of the other stuff you've heard. But, like, I, d- I don't have Weatherbox on here. Oh, because Because they don't have a fourth out. Oh, okay. I don't have Modest Mouse on here because I love good news. But, like, when you stack it up to some of their other stuff, like, it, it's down there. But... One of their contemporaries, Built to Spill, I don't know if you listen to it all, had a little record called Keep It Like a Secret in 1999. Fantastic album. Opens with The Plan. Great song. Probably probably the biggest single you might know off of this. Center of the Universe. But my, f- uh, I hesitate to say my favorite uh, Built to Spill song of all time, but it's right up there. Carry the Zero.
fantastic album. Great, you know, indie rock, Northwest feel vibe. Mm. Has shades of Modest Mouse in it, but D- Doug Marsh, the lead singer, very different vocals, like, you know, unique unto himself. Absolutely love these guys. Again, great driving music. I don't know what it is about bands from up there, man, but they just they make stuff you want to throw on and just like go drive through the trees or drive on a highway. And it's because they don't they're not as connected. They're just like down here in the south. They have to drive. It's not like, you know, the big city or anything like that. No, but that's my number six. Okay. From built to spill, keep it like a secret. All right. So number five is probably going to be the most argument I have to do to this. But number five is Vanilla Ice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the second album, <laughs> the rock version. Um, number five is going to be 2002's Songs About Jane from Maroon 5. I know that is their first album as Maroon 5, but the core of this band has three other albums on the list as Kara's Flowers. So okay. I'm going to put, I'm arguing that even though it's their first debut as Maroon 5, they have been together for four albums and they just changed their name. I don't mind if you change your name if the sound's the same. So, okay. It's probably a different sound, too. Like the album covers of the other three were really weird. So, this is probably like they found that groove. And like, we can, we can do this. But yeah, songs about Jane. Can I say, I mean, every Maroon 5 song you can never think of is on that album. She will be yeah, loved. I, I almost this love, feel like, shiver. I almost feel like the output post this album has like completely overshadowed it where you don't hear these on the radio like, oh, no, at, no, all not at all anymore. And then them and they haven't held with... up in the way of like there's stuff from this era that you still hear continuously. I feel like it's probably because they are still putting out like yeah. hits and they're, that you they're, just you don't hear people dipping back into. It. They're recording with you know with Khalifa on payphone and they've got mm-hmm. just different people they're working with. And I mean honestly, there's a few on other ones. There is some song I cannot think of the name of it, but I swear to God, at the end of it. Whoever is playing, they go like they throw in the riff of Purple Rain in a song of theirs. I swear mm-hmm. I've heard it, and I'm not thinking of the of the time Adam Levine he's, played it. Yeah, no, he's a huge Prince fan. I mean, yeah, it's but it's it's like influence. slowly, it's like as the song is tailing off. I thought it was and she will be loved or something, but I swear in the tail end of it, for like the last 15 seconds, you hear somebody playing the last little bit of Purple Rain as it's fading out, and I'm like okay, where have I heard this before? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh shit, it's Purple Rain. But yeah, uh, Shiver, I think This Love is probably my favorite off of that one. Um, everybody knows Harder to Breathe, uh, She Will Be Loved, This Love, Shiver. Um, uh, is Won't Go Home Without You on here? I don't think so. I think it's on a different one. But yeah. yeah. I feel like the, this and The Killers came out at the same time and they were just like, con- they were neck and neck. Or maybe not. Very, this is 2002. very different vibes, uh, but yeah, I like Maroon Five pretty solid. Uh, don't ever say that around Veronica. She what? she hates Maroon Five. Really? Uh, she just doesn't like Adam Levine for some reason. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I don't get. I mean, I get it. I like this kind of like more dancey kick they're on. Like it's it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me at this point, but just a lot of the like more recent output. Yeah, but I mean, like Sugar, I guess is like the most recent big big single. Yeah, love that song, dude. Catchy as hell. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know if it's them backing him up or him as a frontman, but I. I think he could. Pro- they could do any style of music, and I think it would be entertaining. I mean, they could yeah. do like total Vegas showroom act. They could do jazz. They could mm-hmm. do like a weird rockabilly thing. They could do anything, and it's very versatile. And I like. I don't give them enough credit for for it because 
I honestly haven't sat and like listened to a Maroon Five album like start to finish. I just I know the big this, radio they, singles. Yeah, and, and they're just it. there. I mean, they're it's like if they stop showing up, you'd be like, whatever happened to them? Mm-hmm. But they're just they're so there. And I mean, him being on the Voice and all this different stuff. It's just it's kind of one of those like they've just always kind of been there. And when they do decide to hang it up, you're like, huh. Okay. Well, I'm sure people are going to fight you that it's a debut, but you can yell at us uh, in the yeah. chat, uh, wherever. That's cool. You know, give us a bad review on iTunes. Just give us a star rating. Yeah, that'd be That's great. All that matters. Um, my number five. Yes. Is from 2003. Been trying to get him on a list for a little bit. Definitely could have, you know, honorable mentions for any of the other lists. Definitely. But this is the one that got me into him and probably the most well-known for a little while. The White Stripes Elephant. What? From 2003. I, which opens with the the most well-known song by of them at course, this point. Dude. Seven Nation Army. Which leads a you right st- into... Sta- bl- a staple at every college football stadium. Yes. At the, it's so weird that that all of a sudden became, you know... Yeah. It's everywhere for college sports. You got Black Math on there as well. In the Cold, Cold Night... Uh, I just don't know what to do with myself. And my favorite on the entire thing, and one of just like, it's just so like groovy and jammy, ball and biscuit. Yes. It's so good. kind of i won't say their breakout record i mean from their second record forward it was like people were aware and this definitely just kind of like sent them into the stratosphere if anything i mean from the visual aesthetic um the whole just dynamic of just the two of them and the idea that you could generate that kind of sound from two people yeah, just that much sound and, with just the yeah. two of them is ridiculous so, huge fan of theirs there's definitely other i mean I've loved some more of the album, but I, I kind of feel like at a certain point, maybe Elephant is the definitive White Stripes album. Dig Icky Thump and uh, White Blood Cells is pretty awesome as well, but and Day Still. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep it moving right along, brother. Your number four. My number four comes from the year two thousand and thirteen. Why are you doing that, boys? I don't know because I'm scrolling to make sure I got the <laughs> tracks right. I mean, you know, 
I just I don't want to I don't want to mess anything up, especially with you know all the responses we get from people who listen. But it is <laughs> Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Okay. You're probably gonna know. Uh, get lucky. Um, you lose yourself. To dance. This was like a huge one, right? Instant like one Christ. album of the year. Oh, yeah, dude, this one, the Grammy. This one, like the record of the year. This was like, dude, this was it. Like, this was everywhere. It was everywhere. I don't know if it was the Pharrell Williams of it all, because it seems like anything that man touches turns to gold. But, um, hmm. yeah. I And then, of course, right up, not right up to this, but, of course, they come back again even bigger with... Um, the weekend on Starboy. That's their most recent, I guess. I don't want to call that a Daft, a, a weekend or a Daft Punk album. I just, I think it's, I don't know. I, they, to me, I don't know. It's just, I think there's a caveat, which I. Is this not, in fact, their fourth record? It is, no. But I wanted, somebody was telling me the album itself, but I think the album went like number one, but I don't think they ever had like a number one hit single off this one. Right. Maybe they did. I was going to say, Get Lucky is the only thing I know off of it. And I'm yeah. ashamed to say, I don't think I ever sat down and listened to it, even though there was like enormous hype all over the stuff. Yeah, and I've, I mean, I've got it, and it's 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 dope. I have it in my, it's, or it's somewhere around here. Well, do but, you have a particular other favorite or one you want to show? I just like the stuff, there's a there's a bit where they talk like, um, my name is Giorgio Giovanni, and I've invented the synthesizer, and he like talks, some guy just talking about like synthetic music and like being mm-hmm. a, being a DJ at the disco in the in the seventies and stuff, but I couldn't think. Uh, Lose yourself and dance is good. them to be having people featured just them just the right. music they create is better it's, it's just it's 10 times better than anything i can ever think of like i know there's survive and there's um a couple other big like dance not dance but like electronic synth, synth, synth based stuff yeah. and i feel like they just get you know they get kind of overlooked sometimes but i don't really know if they i, mean, I feel like Critically, definitely not, but maybe like general public, I feel like they probably know songs by Daft Punk. They just don't know that they know songs. That's by what Daft it is. Punk. Okay. So on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, okay, this Get Lucky got to two, but when never they, it reached number one. Never reached number one. Now it came to number one on like dance and dance mix airplay but never on and the main hot dance. Okay. But when they team with with him for Starboy, Starboy comes out, they get their what? Now don't misquote me. I read it off the internet. Daft Punk and Starboy is their Daft Punk's first time at a as a number one hit single okay. on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. All right. I don't know how you can say that having already won a Grammy for the last album you put out, but <laughs> that just shows you how the music business works. It's a strange, fickle, fickle, fickle place. bitch. Yep. All right, your number four. Can you? 
it, it was just, it was too easy and too precious. Like, I had to do it. My number four is Led Zeppelin 4 from 1971. <laughs> Please tell me Cashmere's on there. No, Cashmere's Shit. not on there. <laughs> Whoops. God I mean. Damn it. But what and is on there. the stairway. Yes. Their most famous song. One of the greatest songs ever written. It's like 14 minutes long, I'm right? I'm just going to run you through this real quick. Opens with Black Dog, into Rock and Roll, then the Battle of Evermore, into Stairway he- Stairway to Heaven, Misty Mountain Hop after that. California and it closes with When the Levee Breaks. That is a perfect album. Then why is it not number one? Because I love it and it's amazing, but if I'm being totally honest with myself and with all the listeners, I love Led Zeppelin. I respect everything about them. They've never been that be-all, end-all band for me. Yeah, no, totally. I've I've always like more appreciated them from a distance and like, I mean, yes, they're mind-bending. Jimmy Page is like otherworldly he's not from this planet and Robert Plant's incredible like all everything about them is amazing and I could have put any of the first three on my previous list as well but this one felt like the most appropriate I mean everybody knows Stairway but just when you look this is one of those when you look back at it and specifically the way the tracks are arranged it's like there is never a dull moment my in this theory, entire runtime my theory on those bands your Led Zeppelins, your Pink Floyds, your Doors, your uh, Rushes, is if you were under the age... if you I was li- following your train of thought until like the last two. I don't really see how they connect with the first two. No, no, ahead. okay. Like, my theory with that is somebody my age, 30, they can't tell you shit about Led Zeppelin. You are how old now? 26, 27? I'm t- 26. You're going to be 27 soon. Yeah, in like a couple weeks. Yeah, okay. You can't tell me shit about Led Zeppelin. Now, somebody like mom or dad who were like living when this came out and like lived right. with this thing, they can tell me something about Led Zeppelin. Like, I, that's why, I mean, yeah, I like Led Zeppelin. They don't follow that. They didn't hit me the way that like Yeah, this is more, band from, again, like I said, from a removed perspective of just like, how can you not have that on a list of fourth albums? Like, if you look pretty much anywhere online, if you were to Google best fourth albums, oh, yeah. this is everybody's number one. Yeah. And it just, it felt wrong not to have it on there because it is incredible. And I mean, I love it. I would say not being like a diehard, I'm sure like if I talk to Barum, who knows like all the deep cuts and everything, he's probably going to tell me like, oh no, like three is where it's at. Like three is the best one or something like, like, you know, I don't know. People yeah. have different opinions, but I wanted it here, and again, four just felt right, man. I mean, it's their fourth album. It's fourth on the list. It's our fourth episode. It's very kitschy. It had very to clever. be there. Four, very, four, four. Very clever. You're number three, brother. My number three comes from 2008, and it is Only by the Night, Kings of Leon. Okay. My least favorite Kings of Leon record, so you go right ahead and tell me why you like it. Oh, dude, you open with Closer. 
And it's coming closer. Oh, that's a terrible fucking. I can't do that voice. That voice. It's his voice, dude. Come on. Sex on fire. Yeah, um, his voice revelry. is amazing and put to much better use on because of the times on Mechanical Bull. No, Mechanical Bull is my favorite album of theirs thus far. Okay, I'm still I'm still on the because of the times tip, but I come around sundown and Mechanical Bull. Way stronger than Only by the Night. I know we're not going to get to those yeah. physically. I'm, I'm just I saying. Had a, I actually had a list of like fifths I want to shout out at the end. So remind me to throw those on there. Um, since we won't get it to did, them. I mean, okay. I loved this record when it came out. But it's one of those. It did get ridiculously overplayed. Use Somebody is my least favorite song like they've it. ever done. Period. And it is the one that you hear still to this day. Constantly. On rock radio. And yeah. It's like you pointed out some of the earlier ones. Let me pull this up myself, because I, I do have songs that really do stand out for me on this one. But overall, I think there's just there's other ones that are more cohesive and Closer, have just stronger track lists crawl, in general. Sex on Fire, Revelry, Notion, Be Somebody. I'm going to go Manhattan. have good closers yeah um across my, the board my favorite song they've ever put out tonight mechanical bull okay because he talks about when i see the lights on broadway i know it's gonna be a long night like he knows if he's going downtown broadway to drink in nashville it's gonna be a long night right. just that whole album uh temple uh tonight um family tree it's just uh, uh work on me love that song like these would be the two, obviously Mechanical Bull, I'm going to throw up there as my number one, but we're not going to get to it, um, that they put out. I haven't listened to the most recent one, but... Yeah, Walls, if, I haven't listened to it either. If we're looking at fours, I, you know, I had to throw this on there, because no, I love I it mean, when it came out. Especially I, Closer, it's probably the best song of that album. I feel you, and I feel like they, they haven't come up yet, so it's good to talk about them for a minute. Um, a band that sometimes I have a little bit of a hard time, like, disassociating their public persona and just shit I've read and heard about them, that... They all kind of seem to be assholes and yeah. just in general, um, kind of trying to separate that. Like I have a natural inkling sometimes to just like want to hate their new stuff. And it's usually like, yeah, fucking like you guys lost me, whatever. And then it's like, if I listen to it a little bit more, I'll be like, all right, I give in because at the end of the day there, I mean, it, I mean, I know there's a wealth of this happening. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, but they just, they feel like they're from another era. Yeah. They feel like a throwback in the same way that your, you know, your black keys and your white stripes did, and you know your raconteurs, anything Jack White t- touches, basically, it kind of feels like the last vestige of the '70s rock that we have left. Like they're definitely still carrying that torch for it. I feel like and staying true to it. It's like their sound changes a little bit album to album, but they still sound like them. They've never done like a 
a hard left turn or anything like no. that. No. You know, they're, they wear their influences on their sleeve and they kind of, they stay in that vein and they rock the hell out of a deer. Like, I can't. And to be a band they, from Nashville yeah. and not, like, be lumped into that, like, country, <clears throat> like, association. Yeah. And I feel like definitely, like, the first two records were, and even because of the times to a certain extent, but they definitely, this is where they completely transitioned out of that. And, I mean, this album was everywhere when it came out. Or, yeah. really, I take that back. It was not everywhere when it came out. This was one of those that it took, like, a year and a half before you started hearing these singles everywhere. Yeah. And then it was ever-present. But I remember when it came out, you were not hearing "Use Somebody," "Sex on Fire" all over the place. Like it, it was a little bit of a slow burn, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it may have been selling really well, but I feel like I wasn't well, hearing I it everywhere. Sex but on radio fire always kind of seems to take like a little while to catch up. Sometimes "Sex on Fire" won, I think, a Grammy for Best Record of the Year in Rock and Roll, like record, not like an album, just like the record single. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was a, a hit, like you said, when it came out, but. I don't know really what happened with Mechanical Bull. I don't really hear, ever hear any of those on the radio. I don't know why. Um, but, I mean, they're they're great. I, I do need to go listen to their new stuff and just, again, just I do like, like the, I like the lead single off of Walls a lot. Um, I just well, like, I actually when, sat down and gave it a shot. When Mechanical Bull came out, I heard... I will t- before the end of the year. Just yeah. For top ten sake. I heard Temple somewhere. And I was like, Temple? I take mm-hmm. one in a temple. I'm like, what? What? And I was like, "Who? Oh shit! This this King's Leon." And I was like, "Well, they have this whole new album come out." Oh, what the hell? It's like you know, thirteen bucks at Best Buy. Let's buy it. And I was like, "Oh man, I really like this album." So, yeah. But that's my number three. My number one and two. I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to give me your three. I'm about to figure this out, dude, because it's it's getting All right. it's getting tough. My number three is from 2014, just a couple years ago, and they're a band that has not come up thus far, but I had to get them on here absolutely adore this record it is singles by future islands Hmm. you listen to them at all no brother more so than anybody that's come up so far this is what i want you to like throw on on your way home tonight when you head out of here do you have the album with you no i don't okay use your spotify man okay okay but it's just for me, and I think you might agree with me once you've listened to it, not this album in particular, because all of them are great, but just overall, for me, they're the closest thing we have to like a Joy Division or a New Order. I know New Order is still making new music and stuff, yeah. but they're the closest thing we have to that sound in the modern era. It is so closely tied to that vibe and feel and you will just like musically you're gonna get on board wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i think you've you've made me listen to this before name some songs um well seasons waiting on you probably the best known single from this album probably their biggest hit uh to date but my personal favorite is the closer a dream of you and me which is an absolutely gorgeous song Myself for peace 
found it at my feet. Now that you mentioned the Joy Division angle of it, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll uh, off mic. We'll take a little journey through that. But yeah. I definitely want you to check it out. Um, some other ones: Sun in the Morning, Back in the Tall Grass, uh, Lighthouse, Fall from Grace. It, it's just, it's stacked. I absolutely love it. They have really no albums that I would be like, oh, they're kind of yeah, whatever. Like check out everything. Their most recent one, The Far Field, from this year, definitely going to be showing up on a top ten. Uh, when we get to our best albums of the year. So that's Future Islands. Check them out, brother. The album is Singles from 2014. Your number two. My if number you figured two. it out. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got I to switch it from how I got to commit. Got to commit to it. Got to commit. My number two senior album of all time. Fourth album. 808s and Heartbreak. Kanye West. All right, man. 2008. Okay. Yeah. Love this album. More than any other thing he's put out. Even the stuff where he's like been heavy with the Justin Vernon uh, features. But I, I got this album not really knowing what to expect. Having had Jesse Rue play me the college dropout. Jesse Rue, I think, gave me like a bootleg version of the college dropout like three weeks before it came out. And... uh you know, obviously kept up with the the hits and like Gold Digger and Jesus Walks and you know, us was it um, was it Slow Jams with Twista? That's a great one. She says she wants some Marvin Gaye, some Luther Vandross. Um, well, I feel like this episode more than any episode thus far, you've spent more time talking about songs that are not on know, these albums. But like, but that's because like I just I don't know. I don't, I mean, but this one, I can talk about everything. Welcome to Heartbreak, Love Lockdown, Heartless. That's the one I like. In the night, I hear him talk the coldest story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. How could you be so heartless? Oh, how could you be so heartless? How could you be so cold as the winter wind when it breeze, yo? Just remember that you talking to me, though. You need to watch the way you talking to me, yo. I mean, after all the things that we've been through. I mean, after all the things we got into. Ayo, I know of some things that you ain't told me. Ayo, I did some things, but that's the old me. And now you want to get me back and you gon' show me. So you walk around like you don't know me. You got a new friend, well, I got home. Still so lonely in the night. I hear him talk the cold story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. The beat music video, how could you be so heartless? But like, um, I just I remember I want to say this was right around the time that his mother passed away. And I think this is right around the time that like Amber Rose and him broke up. I don't really know what the man was going through. Don't really care. All I know is I played a bunch of these songs for dad 
And he was like, oh, that sounds good. And then I was like, what's Kanye West? And he was like, oh, I didn't know that's what he sounded oh, like. that's what that guy's about? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that's what he's like, oh, okay. Because I just... Yeah, I it's like know. if you can separate his public see, persona. That's my, and that's my thing I tell everybody, dude. It's like, you don't understand, man. Like, the, the musician, the guy that you get on the album is not the guy that you see. And, like, it, it goes in line with, like, I, I throw... And it's probably a weird thing... But, like, to throw him and Seth MacFarlane in the same bucket. But, like, if you were around after a time when you weren't supposed to be, you're not supposed to be walking around, do you really think you would give a shit about anything? Because Mm -hmm. you're, like, on borrowed time? So, like, Through the Wire on his first album, he's, like, spitting through the wire. His mouth is, like, sewn shut. So by the time you get here, you can have this, like, to me, it feels really cathartic, Again, 808, drum machine, synthesizer, whatever, you know, all that based. And it's it's my favorite of his. Again, I haven't listened to Life of Pablo. The one he put out that was untitled before that was dope because it had a bunch of Justin Vernon stuff. But this one I go back to. Anytime someone says Kanye West, I instantly go back to Welcome to Heartbreak, Love Lockdown, um, you know, Paranoid, all those. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I loved it. I love it. It's my favorite one he's ever put out. If I got an 808 and Heartbreak 2 for whatever reason, I'd, I'd listen to the shit. I'd listen to the shit. I'd, it'd probably be amazing. Okay. But I don't think we're ever going to go back there. That's the thing I do. I can say about him that you can say about Brand New. Always evolving. Always moving. Changing. Yeah. For sure. And I, I think that's the whole concept with Life of Pablo is that it will never be done. He will always be going back to changing things on it because he's done it like three times already, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, my number two, 808s and Heartbreak. Okay. My number two. They, yes, they did actually appear on my list. I think they were on my my previous one. I haven't edited that one yet, so it's not fresh in my brain. Okay. <clears throat> so this might be a two-timer. But it is my favorite record from this particular band, which is TV on the radio. Hmm. And this album is Nine Types of Light from 2011. I, I think I've pretty much established my whole, like, they're just one of those bands I have this weird history with. I love them, and then I hate them, and then I love them again. And then I hate them, and then I love them again. Like I just go through this cycle with every album. I I think it's trash when I first listen to it. I don't know why that is. I most people I'm able to keep like a hugely open mind, but they always just kind of catch me off guard. But not always in a good way. But this is the epitome of I took time off from it, and then when I came back to it, I was like, what the hell was I thinking? Like was I just in a funk that day? What was going on? Because it is incredible. I'll just shout out a handful. Keep your heart. Great emotional song. And then there's this run right in the back half of the album. Will Do, which is a great, like, kind of love-worn ballad, which transitions into New Cannonball Blues, my favorite song on the album. Singing blues, it hits you like a cannonball. 
into repetition, which is just flat out amazing. Go listen to them if you haven't. This is probably the tightest, kind of most controlled record since Cookie Mountain, um, just in terms of structure. I really, really dig it. I still need to give Seeds, their most recent one, a, a proper re-listen. I, I did dig that one initially, which doesn't usually happen with them, so it kind of threw me off. But they're awesome. They kind of, you know, we're talking about evolution a little bit. I feel like they have consistently evolved, but always within the realm of what you kind of expect from them. But, I mean, from Return to Cookie Mountain forward, I mean, they had the endorsement of, like, hugely influential figures just within the music industry. Like, Bowie is a guest vocalist on Return to Cookie Mountain, their second record as a band. Like, Holy shit. that shit's insane. And just tons of people were fans, and they were always, I was like, okay, I gotta give these guys a shot. Went back, loved the first two records, hated the third one. Came back to it, loved it. This one, fourth record, favorite thing they've ever done. Nine Types of Light, TV on the radio. That's my number two. Can't wait to hear, because you were over there struggling. Yeah. You looked so intense. What's Just your number me, one? Can you give me a year on your uh, number one? I don't want to steal it. Um, It's 1960. Never mind then, I got you. Okay. My number one, well, depending on who you are. Have yeah. we had we have had zero crossover zero crossover correct? on this one, and I, this is the one I thought might might happen. So if you were hanging out in the summer of two thousand and one, you would have called this album "Bleed American" by Jimmy Eat World. But if you were born after and you were hanging out after September eleventh two thousand one, you would call this album "Jimmy Eat World" because they changed the name in lieu of the September eleven attacks. But my okay. number one fourth album of all time. Is uh, "Bleed American" by Jimmy Eat World another huge two thousand spot? This is their fourth record. I was hoping you would not get that at all. What? I would hope. I was hoping that you would not like find I just, out. I had no idea. I always think of this as like their first or second record. Yeah, it's the fourth studio album because you forget about. So Jimmy Eat World, Static Prevails, Clarity in '99, which I think Clarity is where you get seventeen from, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. If you want to stop talking about tracks that aren't on this album, I'll quit. Um, I'm seeing Bleed American as their third album, sir. <laughs> Did you put a... Jimmy uh, Eat World, 1994, debut studio album. Static Prevails. Okay, fair enough. The second studio album by American Rock Band. We go to Clarity on the Wikipedia page. No, third studio okay. album. I, and I then gotcha. 2001's Bleed American. Fourth studio okay. album. I'm not arguing anymore. Don't I'm try. Sh- I'll shut yeah, the hey, fuck up. Go hey. ahead. Don't come for the king unless you're ready to take the throne. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, you're going to know Sweetness, A Praise Chorus, Bleed American, and of course, their most recognizable single of all time, The Middle. Yes. Um, of course, you know, The Sweetness will not be concerned with me, so my favorite is Bleed American. I love that song. <laughs>
I, I can't. I it's a great opener. Great opener. We, to a, I mean, to we album. could do a top 10 of like best opening tracks, but yes. it would be so hard to do yes. that I don't even want to approach it. Yeah. I mean, that would be, a, that would be something you have to spend at least a week on. Yeah. But yeah, no, this was my first introduction to them. I didn't realize they had anything before this. Again, I thought it was their first. Yeah, but, no. but something, it makes a lot more sense now. Well, but. what I did to try and find this was I started scrolling through because everybody I was going to, I was like, oh, God, their fourth is terrible. There's nothing on it I like. Their fourth is terrible. I know. Mm-hmm. And I was well, okay, let me look Jimmy World. And I was like, wait, wait. Oh, oh, well, here we go. This might be I've boom. Found it. I've got it. I've found it. But I was really like, do I, you know, Kanye West, Jimmy World. But like they, I always go back to Jimmy World. That's like right in the groove of like, they became big. I remember Futures came out next, and Pain was big on Futures. That was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk, my, uh, everybody seemed to love. It takes my pain away. I don't know, I don't know what it was about that, the riff and beat, or just the energy behind it. But a really good one, if you haven't, go listen to him, Jim, talk to Pete Holmes on "You Made It Weird." It's a really good one, just to hear where okay. they came from, because apparently they were like just kind of with another band, kind of recording. And they were like, oh, we're going to get a record deal. And like everybody was kind of hyping up the other band that was there and just mm-hmm. kind of out of the ether, out of the blue, they wound up being the one that people like dug because they just were, they were better and they go from there. But it's, it's a really good conversation between him and Pete Holmes. You should definitely listen I to will it. definitely go check But that yeah, out. number one, Bleed American, Jimmy World. Definitely would be on my honorable mentions. Can't believe I missed it. Yeah. Does that make up for Vanilla Ice? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. You're you're working. Your I'm inching my way back. I'm working my way back into your graces. We're going. Uh, we're taking a long journey back, man. This might be the oldest album that has appeared on any of these lists. I don't know, dude. And this what? is my number one. Actually, no. Yep. You you predate it. Yep. Because we have Buddy Holly. Yep. On on album. That's correct. You get that title. Strike that from the record. <laughs> um, it shall be stricken. But I'm gonna take you back. A good ways to 1964. Ooh, close. To a man who you have now seen live as well. I've seen three times. You've seen him once. I'm not, not bragging. Not bragging over here or anything. Shut the fuck up. Hey, I'm going to edit that out. That was unkind. I could not understand a word that man said. That's why you got to know the songs before you get there. Okay. I'm just saying. We're talking about the immortal, the legendary Bob Dylan and the album Another Side of Bob Dylan opens and closes with two of my favorite tracks of his of all time. Opening track, All I Really Want to Do. I ain't looking to compete with you, beat or cheat or mistreat you. Simplify you, classify you, deny, defy, or crucify you. All I really want to do is baby be friends with you. And the closer, which you probably know this one, probably from covers more than anything else, but it closes with It Ain't Me, Babe. No, 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 it ain't me, babe. It ain't me. Okay, yeah, I got it. I, 
I hate you so much right now. <laughs> uh, you also got Black Cloak. Oh, I cannot speak. Here Black comes Crow the story Blues. Of the you got Spanish King. Harlem Incident. Chimes of Freedom. Uh, to Ramona. I'll also shout out as well. But it's a fantastic album. It's a nice blend of what you think of as early Dylan in terms of the like social consciousness and everything. But it's also blended with just some straight up love songs. Or lovelorn songs. Or breakup songs. And it's just... It's great early Dylan. I had to get him on a list here. There's so many of his that I could put on, but a lot of them don't come up till later. So hmm. that's uh, that's going to be my number one. My favorite senior album of all time, Another Side of Bob Dylan by Bob Dylan. Oh, that's uh... You're feverishly looking at your phone. You all good? I what only so think, goddamn funny. The only funny, thing Gary. I can think of when you say Bob Dylan is, I stand beside you, little man, at the height of a regular no, dude, guy. Like I just, always, I don't you know. always got to take it to Dewey Cox. I do, but man. We got to talk no, about Dewey Cox. Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. Rim job fairy teapots match the temper tantrum. Jose, can you see them? Stuffed cabbage is the darling of the laundromat. And the sorority mascot sat with the lumberjack. I don't know what the, the fuck The mouse with the overbite explained how the rabbits were ensnared. <laughs> Sorry, and I lose a few verses there, but... Dude, but let me is... touch you. Let me touch you. Oh, let me touch you with a royal jelly gets me. <laughs> That's how you do a loving tribute to Bob Dylan. That is perfect. Without sounding like an asshole, Gavin. <laughs> that, that is perfect. <clears throat> what is it? Don't I, they I, turn it like, what the? Like, I don't even know what we're playing anymore. The song is very deep. You guys don't even know. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anywhere to go. After there is we, nowhere to go. It should have been done. We brought it around full circle to Dewey Cox. I'm sure we talked about it on every episode thus far. Somehow everything comes you back know why to I know? walk hard. Because Dewey Cox transcends all music. Yes, and all genres. All genres and all, and all decades. All decades, yep. Dude, I, do you not want... It, I guess it doesn't need to be Dewey Cox, too, because he dies in the context of that movie. But Easy, son. Dewey Cox, that kind of man, got to think you about his whole life before he performs. Yeah, you could literally turn it into like one of his billions of children that he had, and just like have John C. Riley play them, but do all of the more modern musical genres. Oh, dude, he stuff. could be Dewdrop. That would be pretty dope. Um, hey, Dewey Rahim. Copyright the Blanchard Brothers, uh, the movie arc. Can yeah, we not? Don't we... don't steal that. Well, aren't we stealing like intellectual property already? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wait, how are we? What? Yeah, if we just made a Dewey Cox too, we're yeah, like I don't making, think we can we're do making a sequel legal. to someone's intellectual property they've already like released and have a copyright to. Yeah, yeah. So, guess we can't do that. Yep. Anyways, uh, thank you for joining us on this long four episode journey through uh, the first four albums of different stuff, different yeah. bands. Again, we are in desperate need of topics. We're kicking around some different stuff, but we want you to be involved. So shout at us, thearchivee at gmail.com. Shout at us on all of our social media. Pretty easy to find out there. And as always, listen, rate, review, subscribe. Go check out our other podcasts, Carpenter Revisited, the movie arc, and the four-color arc as well. 
Yes. Check them all out. Like, yeah. rate, subscribe, review, feedback. Yeah. You've got, at the very least, a new episode of something every week. Eventually, yeah. we'll get to a point where we're rolling out an episode for each uh, cast you know, on yeah. a weekly basis, on right a, now, a semi-regular the, uh, schedule. We're just kind of flying by the right seat now, of the our calendar, pants right now. The calendar looks like we're trying to solve a murder. It's like <laughs> string, and it's ping, ping, ping. It's like, it's all over the place. So, yes. yeah. But until next time, when I assume we'll just be talking about the killers on the yeah, next episode you hear, and then let us know for topics in the future. But until then, I have been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Thanks for listening, guys. Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. Rim job fairy teapots mask the temper tantrum. Oh, say, can you see them? Stuffed cabbage is the darling of the laundromat. And the sorority mascot sat with the lumberjack. Pressing, passing, stinging half synthetic fabrications of his time. The mouse with the overbite explain how the rabbits were ensnared. In the skinny, skinny self thrash, the apothecary diplomat inside the three eyed monkey within inches of his toaster oven lies in my mind. I'm half blind, my inner rep is mostly deaf, I'm smelling pears, if you cared. My sense of taste is wasted on the phosphorescent orange peels of San Francisco axe-encrusted frenzy. So let me touch you, let me touch you. Let me touch you, let me touch you Where the royal jelly gets made I'm looking to you and songs here on the record I just sit here while my guitar gently whimpers Oh no, it's a bad trip I'd like to thank Eddie Veter <laughs> We want to go do LSD, do we? <laughs> limit to what we can imagine. <laughs> hey, look, we still let you be in the Beatles. Mm-hmm.